Welcome and thank you for joining me for season two of Just Black Talking. I am your host, Dr. Justin Black, proud alumnus of Morgan State University, the national treasure represent anesthesiologist by profession, podcaster by this passion. Look, I push dope for a living. And with you, I'm here talking about living dope with dope ass people. As always, I'm here to magnify the successes and stories of exceptional black America as seen through my lenses. What does that mean? Look, I don't know about you, but I'm surrounded by dope blackness. So much so, I'm guilty of it. I take it for granted. Seemingly ordinary folk actually living their exceptional versions of the black American dream. Yet we're saturated with this narrow-minded, unproductive, purposefully negative depiction of what society has defined and perceived as being black. Well, enough of society defining blackness. We're here to shift perceptions, define definitively what blackness in America is. It's time to blackwash that old dusty ass narrative and refresh it. You might not understand it, but it's going to be something about it that you like. Because it's looking good, it's smelling good, like cocoa butter around lunchtime. You know what I'm saying? Like Missy said, we're going to flip it and reverse it. Black is infinite. It encompasses all things. We're the originators, trendsetters, overcomers, resilient, literally forged in fire. We are the original people. Black America, this is our soapbox. I want to showcase your greatness, share your stories, give you your shine, and help empower others to live in their authenticity. Our people need to understand that there are all these extraordinary people that look like them everywhere doing all these exceptional things, and they can do it too. We want people of all nationalities, ethnicities, cultures, and identifications to be encouraged. So I invite you to stay and listen and care to hear what your fellow Americans are up to. Don't get me wrong, maybe a little funny acting at first until we know that you're down, but that's systemic. Just come on board with this experience with us as we tell the untold tales and share the unspoken stories and successes of exceptional black America. All right. So before we get started, here's the house rules. We got five of them. Number one, take your shoes off at the door. Wife gonna get upset. Number two, if this is your first visit, I will serve you. But after that, you're on your own. Number three, bring drinks. And yeah, you can bring drinks for me too. However, if your drink is glowing in the dark or filled with sugar, go and keep that for yourself. Number four, white folks, please inquire, but refrain from interrogating. I know, Karen, I know. You want it to be one way, but it's the other way. Number five, learn something you didn't know you wanted to learn about and be entertained. It is okay to laugh. Look, I think that covers it. I am Dr. Justin Black. This is Just Black Talking. Let's go. We have to shift perceptions about ourselves, right? If we want to see the change in the world or in our community, we have to start within and make sure that we see ourselves as exceptional. Hello and welcome once again to Just Black Talking. I am your host, Dr. Justin Black. This episode, we are joined by Miss Shani Cotton, also known as Chef Cotton. She's the owner and CEO of Cotton Creations, originally from the eastern shore of Maryland, out in the country, we call it, but now living out in Los Angeles, California and doing amazing things, which we will discuss during this episode. This is an episode about as always, shifting perceptions and the narrative of blackness in America. And I think that you will find, as I did, that Shani is a real embodiment of that shifting of perceptions. So, Shani, 
Hello and welcome. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes, I can. I want to thank you so much for joining us here and making time for me here today. Without further ado, I want to just go ahead and get started. Did I miss anything in the introduction? Your name is Shani Cotton. You are the owner, CEO of Cotton Creations. Is that all correct? That is correct. And like you said, I'm a Maryland girl, but I do live in Los Angeles now. You know, it doesn't matter where you are, that Maryland is always in you. So it is a pleasure to speak to a hometown girl, so to speak. Okay, so let's go back a little bit into the the story of things. Tell me a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and work us up to that period of time from leaving Maryland into going out there into California where you are. Ooh, that's a lot of ground to cover. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm from Maryland, the eastern shore of Maryland, which is the rural country part of Maryland, resources and things like that are very limited in that particular area. So a lot of people can relate to my story in terms of not having as much as some other communities and being able to overcome those challenges and seek a better life for not only myself, but also for my community at large. And so growing up on the Eastern Shore, I was very active. I was a part of my marching band, a cheerleading squad, basketball team, my uh, student government, my future business leaders of America. I know I'm missing a lot of organizations, but I was very active. I was also the president of our youth ministry at our church. And I've just always been that person to juggle multiple hats and also wanting to excel at whatever I was a part of and giving it my absolute all. And so I was, while also doing all the extracurriculars, I also was able to maintain an A average and graduated in the top 5% of my high school graduating class. So moved from the Eastern Shore over to the Western Shore of Maryland, and I graduated from the University of Maryland College Park. Whoop, whoop, go Terps. Um, Is that a thing? Is it a whoop, whoop at College Park? That's what's happening? I think I added the whoop, whoop, but we do the go Terps. (laughs) And so I graduated with uh, two bachelor's degrees from the University of Maryland College Park. I majored in general business as well as accounting. So I do have my foundational uh, business part of my journey started. Well, I wouldn't say started there, but that's where the academic part of it, where I expanded there. And so going to school, I had uh, financial needs that needed to be met. And so I ended up getting a full-time position at Verizon Wireless in their customer service call center that they were opening up in Hanover, Maryland. And so I did that in my sophomore year. And so while working full-time, I was going to school full-time, but thanks be to God, I was able to excel at both. And I uh, graduated with honors from the University of Maryland College Park. And also was able to get promotions while also working at Verizon Wireless. And so fast forward to 2011, I always had a passion for modeling and some acting. And so I knew that if I wanted to pursue those passions, that I would have to be in an area that would allow for those opportunities. So I was like, it's going to either be New York or L.A. So I prayed and fasted and God saw fit for me to be in L.A. And so Verizon actually paid to relocate me out to their Irvine call center as a marketing consultant. It's been quite a journey. 
And that's not it. But I'll stop there to allow you to ask some more questions about that. It's remarkable. So like Frankie Beverly and Mays would say, you was a Southern girl and <laughs> you made your way up, went to College Park, demonstrated your academic prowess. You knew right away, apparently. I mean, your majors were business and accounting. You knew that that was something that that was meant for you, that that was your interest. Well, I did always have an interest in business. Actually, my first business ever was a uh, snowball stand one summer when I was still like in elementary school. Also, part of my story is growing up in a single parent, low income household. So I saw the daily struggles that my mom and the sacrifices that she made for myself and my brother on a regular basis. And so it was always my desire to alleviate some of those pressures. So one summer I was like, hey, mom, I think I want to like do a snowball stand and try to get as much money over the summer for uh, back to school clothes and back to school supplies. She was like, "Okay, we'll take your child support check, which was only one hundred dollars a month. We took that and that was my startup capital. And I was able to make enough money that summer for school supplies and some of my uh, back to school clothes. What was your best selling uh, flavor on the snowballs? Of course, strawberry and uh, (laughs) Tutti Frutti. (laughs) I'm going to come back to that a little bit later. I'm going to come back to that because I got something to say about that. Some things are kind of predictable with our people in our community. But yeah, strawberry was the hit. So wonderful. I know it was serious because you mentioned that when it was time for you to decide where to go, New York or or, or California, you not only prayed, but you prayed and fasted. So that's when I know people are serious, when you're getting into both things to really get that inspiration and that, that divine movement. Tell us some of the main focus and some of your first endeavors en route to establishing Cotton Creations. When it came to Cotton Creations, back in uh, 2016, I lost my grandfather. And what I know now would be my last interaction with him was, um, so he passed away in December 2016. And November 2016, I went home from LA for Thanksgiving. And of course, you know, I'm making my rounds while I'm home to see everybody. And so I spent one evening with him. During that particular evening, he was like in and out of sleep. And he woke up at one point to take medication. I kid you not. It was so many medications, like the old school lunch pills full of medications, that uh, big old monthly, weekly that's divided out. So he had that with a whole lot of medications and pills in it. And then other medications just like on the end tables and, and coffee tables. He took up, the, woke up to take his medication. And he looks over at me and says, I pray you never have to go through this. And that really stuck with me that day. And from that point on, I was like on a quest to figure out, well, how can I prevent like getting a lot of the illnesses that run in my family, run in the black community and that my grandfather dealt with? And the one thing that was continuous that came up was the connection between food and our health. And so that's when I watched a documentary called What the Health on Netflix right when it came out. And so in 2017, I decided that I was going to adapt a vegan diet. From there, I guess it was maybe because it was July 2017. And then by February 
2018, I decided, you know what, I want to be able to make an impact in my community and share the knowledge that I um, now have about the benefits of a vegan and plant-based diet. And so I started my Cotton Creations YouTube channel as a way to share vegan recipes, especially for people in our community, because I think a lot of times things are available, but they don't necessarily speak to the specifics of a certain demographic or a certain community. And, you know, in the Black community, when it comes to food, like that's near and dear to our hearts. And it has to be right. The flavors have to be on point. The seasoning has to be right. And so I wanted to make sure that I was sharing easy to make transitional plant-based recipes that were loaded with flavor and they were familiar flavors to what we are already used to eating. Because one thing that helped on my journey with me sticking to it was finding ways to recreate flavors. I didn't necessarily need the meat, but as long as I could have something that tasted like fried chicken or something that tasted like macaroni and cheese that I'm used to eating, then I was satisfied. And a lot of people, what I find in my journey and my experience is that a lot of people feel the same way. Is like, as long as you can recreate those flavors, you're good. Let me let me slow you down a little bit. So you come back and, and you didn't know at the time, but you, you were able to bear witness to kind of the health problems that your grandfather was going through, the, the multiple medications and presumably some of the very common ailments, high blood pressure, maybe diabetes, some other things that diet certainly has been shown to play a role in. Food is a very emotional and triggering thing in all cultures. It goes back to tradition. It goes back to nostalgia, familiarity. How did you come to the decision that in reaction to your grandfather saying, I hope you don't have to struggle with these these medical conditions, how did you determine veganism was the direction as opposed to I'm just going to watch what I eat or vegetarianism or pescatarianism? Work me through a little bit of that determination, that mindset, as you you know made a determination about what you were going to put into your body. When it came to that decision, at first, I wasn't sure where to start. I just knew a change had to take place. And then, honestly, after watching that documentary on Netflix called What the Health, I was like, oh, and I went cold turkey. Like, I watched it that evening, and the very next morning, I was like, okay, we're not doing any <laughs> animal products. So this was this was a really impactful set of circumstances between your grandfather and then this documentary that you saw. You said, uh uh-uh. Right. And a lot of it has to do with what our government allows manufacturers and agricultural companies to put inside our foods and the hormones and the antibiotics that they use that don't necessarily break down well within the human body. A lot of times it causes inflammation in our body. And when you have a lot of inflammation in your body, it's harder for your immune system to fight off these different illnesses and diseases. So a lot of that, like you said, is directly connected to the food and the things that we're putting in in our bodies. So for me, it was like a no brainer after I saw that and just what the government allows to happen to the foods. I just was like, okay. Yeah, we're going to stick to the fruits and vegetables. (laughs) Okay, understood, understood. So I want to ask, but I'm not going to ask, what's the one thing that stood out to you 
each one of those documentaries, they're really impactful. There's always one thing that stays in your mind and you're like, ooh, wee, I, I'm not going to do that again. But I'm not going to ask it because it could be okay. too inflammatory. OK, but the point is that whatever it was, it was enough to motivate you to make a change in your own life for better health. Tell me about some of the other things. Your grandfather played a big role in that. That was 2017, 2018. We're sitting here in 2022. We've obviously gone through a huge pandemic. What's the role that the pandemic played, if any, in the development of what you're doing at the, at the present? It played a major part. Let me kind of take a step back. So I did the YouTube channel. And then about two years into that, I decided, you know what, I want to make a greater impact because I was hearing People say, oh, this looks great. This recipe looks so yummy, but girl, can you come cook it for me? Or like, I don't have time or, you know, all these different reasons why people just couldn't do it. And so I was like, you know what? I want to make an even greater impact and remove a lot of the, what I would call excuses, but others may just say they're legitimate reasons. I want to remove those obstacles and those challenges. So I decided that I was going to create a prefix traveling brunch and dinner party that featured many of the Cotton Creations recipes on the menu. And so I called that the Cotton Creations Vegan Dining Experience. With that, I launched it February 2020. As we know, the pandemic hit and locked things down here in L.A. We, we locked down in March. So I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to cancel all the rest of the dining experiences. And so that's what ended up happening. I did do a couple mini ones during the pandemic, but it was not like the full blown ones. So you had several things, fashion, hair care, DIY projects and this vegan experience, this journey you were on. And at some point you decided that of those lanes, you wanted to devote the majority of your time into this vegan aspect. And that's where we got the Cotton Creations vegan dining experience. Yeah. So, well, really, I wanted to devote it to two aspects. So maybe at some other point in our conversation today, we'll talk about the hair care side of things. But you're absolutely right. The vegan side and the hair care side. And so, yes, I developed my Cotton Creations vegan dining experience. Pandemic hit. Had to cancel most of the dining experiences. Well, of course, your girl that is very resilient was like, we're not going to stop the mission. We need to figure out another way to still get really great tasting plant-based food into people's homes that's super easy to make and convenient. And so what I did is I was like, you know what? My vegan honey pecan cornbread mix was such a hit at the dining experiences that I did do. I was like, you know what? We're, we're going to go ahead and package that item and offer that on our website. A few months after that, I had submitted to Walmart and was able to get it onto their website at walmart.com. And then also getting it into a retail, a local retail store here called Uplift This Marketplace, which features over 80 Black owned brands. This keeps happening, this humble Henry thing that everybody does. <laughs> so you just, that's how it works. You just submit something to Walmart and the next thing you know, they're carrying your product. Is that, that it's really like that? I mean, you have to have some things in order. Uh, of course, you. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah, I bet. so okay, you can't just submit, but you do have to go through their process, submit the application, show proof of like business insurance and your nutritional facts and different things. And we're like talking that, about that Walmart, the the number one retailer in America. With that same Walmart. That same Walmart, yes. 
So it's a unique journey that you're describing. And I'm sure that people listening, they want to know, you talk about growing up in Maryland, going to College Park, majoring in business, accounting, moving to California, being inspired to infect the communities, particularly Black communities, about perhaps preventable medical issues that are diet related. You start on the vegan journey. You're starting the dining experience. Where along the lines do you become familiar with the process of developing your own recipes, submitting them to retailers? These things, they sound terrific. They sound like something everybody would like to do. But, you know, without getting down into the the real fine details of it, can you give an overview of what that experience is like? How did you learn this process? How were you researching and what exposures did you have to say, okay, this is what I need to do to get to this step? That's an excellent question. And I'm glad that you brought it up because for me, I've always been a go-getter. I've always been a person that takes initiative and whatever it is, no matter if it's something that I'm not familiar with, I have no idea about, I'm going, I'm the type of person I'm so determined, like I'm going to figure it out. And so with that, a lot of this process, I had no idea. I did a lot of research and actually, I think one thing that differentiates, there's two like major groups of entrepreneurs, right? There's the ones that just wait for things to kind of happen. And then there's the group that really grinds and they make it happen. And so for the ones that make it happen, they may not know all the information up front. And I, I will be honest, I used to take pride in being a perfectionist. and knowing all the information up front, crossing all the T's, dotting all the I's before I actually started something. But what I've learned on this journey is that you don't need to know every single detail to get started. You need to begin and you will learn as you go. And so for me, I got in there. Google is one of my best friends, my BFS. And I started Googling the different things that I did not know and really diving into it, researching it and figuring it out. Unfortunately, a lot of times we don't have access to mentorship. And even when we do, sometimes people are reluctant to provide the information as if what God has for you, I'm going to come in somehow and like, just take it all away. Like, that's just not how life works. There's so much out there and there's enough for everybody to get. And I truly believe whatever God has for me is for me and can't no one stop it. And what God has for you is for you. And I'm going to cheer you on until you get to where you're supposed to be. Like, I'm going to be your biggest fan, your biggest cheerleader. But yeah, a lot of this, I literally researched when it came to learning things like paid advertisement. Sometimes I would pay an individual for a course and take their course and meet with them and ask questions and things like that. But be careful about courses because I'll say this caveat. There are some people that genuinely, genuinely want to teach people and share the information. And then there's obviously people out there that are just trying to get rich fast. So do your research on the people that you're considering for courses and things like that. But yeah, I... I do a lot of research. I Google a lot of stuff and figure it out. You touched on a few things there. Uh, I just want to recap. So one, particularly in our community, mentorship is something that's often missing. 
And everybody feels like they're having to start from the ground floor with information gathering and learning the process and everything. But what you're saying leads to the second point, which is you do not have to be perfect and all knowing to get started. And I think a lot of our potential entrepreneurs that are out here, we know so many people with great ideas, but the idea is not completely rounded around the edges and it becomes a limiting factor. And I think what you're saying is very important. Put the initiative in, gather as much information as you can, but do not let lack of total comprehension stop you from starting on the journey. Reach out to people as best you can. Everyone isn't going to help you, but some will. And the final piece of that, which which I've been reiterating to everyone is we get very protective over our ideas and over our I don't want anyone to take it from me or steal it. I can't share it. You you need to share to gather strength, momentum, and information. If I wanted to be in the burgers and fries business and I was afraid somebody was going to steal it, well, there's McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's and Shake Shack and Smash Burger, five guys. They all do the same exact thing. So if your idea and your style is good enough, you will find a space for it. Okay, it's not like there's only one burgers and fries place in the world. There's a ton of them. So, you know, all I'm saying here is to people that are uh, considering starting off and and chasing down their ideas and their innovations, don't be limited by the lack of total and complete knowledge. You couldn't possibly have that. Don't be so petrified that someone's going to steal from you and you'll never have an opportunity. I like what you said. If God has something for you, it's for you and it's going to come to fruition. Okay. And put in the initiative. It doesn't just fall in your lap. You do have to put in some work. So you did all of those things. So let me bring you back up to what you were mentioning. You finally started to develop the dining experience and you mentioned excuses for lack of a better term. There's barriers for us. And in many of our communities, you know, wings, chips, grape soda, strawberry soda is a lot more accessible than some other options, whether they're vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free or otherwise. Speak a little bit more about some of the potential challenges that you encountered and how you circumvented them. As far as people who may have said, I hear you on improving my, my diet or improving the things I'm eating and putting into my body, but... I can't get to that. I don't have time for that. I don't have access to that. Tell me how the dining experience circumvented some of those potential challenges and obstacles to bring to people what what you thought they needed. Yeah. So with the dining experience menu, when I develop it, I develop it with what people will have access to in their particular area. So I try to stick to the things that I know, for example, cauliflower. Most of us have access to cauliflower, right? Beans, we have access to those things. So even at the dollar store, right? You you can get a dry pack of beans, you know? And teaching people how to use just very simple and basic things to create a very satisfying and nutritionist meal. And so I definitely do that. There may be one or two things that they may not have access to, but I usually try to make sure that is something that they still can get online. So for example, when I take the dining experience back to my hometown, the Eastern Shore of Maryland, they don't have access to a lot of the things that are available in like Washington, D.C. or Baltimore and, and those other areas. 
over on the Western shore. So what I do is, like I said, I make sure that they still can get them online, like jackfruit. They still don't have access to jackfruit, but you can purchase it on Amazon. To everyone that's listening here to Just Black Talking, I ask you that if you haven't already, please subscribe and also reach out and share information with friends that you think would also be interested. Have them check us out and also follow. We're at Just Black Talking on Instagram and JustBlackTalking.com. Thank you. Let's get back to our program. Welcome back to our discussion with Chef Cotton, Shani Cotton, owner and CEO of Cotton Creations. Shani, I want to just clarify as we continue the dining experience. Explain to me the full concept of what this is so that our listeners understand what we're talking about, because we kind of jumped into some of the details of it. But just explain that for us, if you don't mind. Yeah, no problem at all. The Cotton Creations Vegan Dining Experience is to give people an opportunity. Well, first, what it is, it's a traveling brunch and dinner party with a prefixed menu. At the brunch, it's six courses, all plant-based. And at dinner, it's seven courses, all plant-based. At brunch, we also do mimosas. We also have entertainment. (laughs) Okay. Because when yes. you say brunch, I mean, especially here in the D.C. area, this is a DC, this is a brunch town in D.C. So, yes, it is. Yeah, we we need to know and, and the drinks have to be coming. So, OK, so we're talking mimosas exactly. with our brunch. <laughs> you said six or seven yes. courses with brunch. It's six courses with brunch and then uh, seven courses at dinner and dinner. We serve wine to go with, with dinner. And like I said, there's entertainment, there is prizes and there's also an, a fun educational component. Because my whole purpose with the vegan dining experience is, like I said, to show individuals, especially those that are not already vegan, I want to show them that you can really embrace a plant-based diet and still be just as satisfied eating plant-based meals, but it's so much more nutritional for you. It's so much better on your body. It helps to build your immune system and it helps to reduce a lot of those prevalent illnesses that are within our community. So my goal is to help people to completely get rid of those illnesses, if not reduce the medications that they have to be on. My mom, she's not fully vegan. She's she went pescatarian like a month after I went vegan, but she doesn't necessarily eat seafood very often every now and then. But most of the time, I would say like 80% of the time she's eating a vegan meal. And so even with her, she had high blood pressure. Her blood pressure has been regulated now for about a year and she doesn't have to take as many medications and things like that for it. So that just goes to show that every little bit of change does help. So like I said, with the dining experience, I just want to give people an opportunity to really experience plant-based food, like really good plant-based food, in hopes that they will start to make some sort of change. Like I said, the goal is not for them to necessarily go 100% vegan, but like I said, every little bit counts. And if you can do, you know, a few plant-based meals each week, that still helps. And so I just wanted to show them a way to be able to do that. 
and I don't want to go too far here because this episode is not a, uh, I'm not wearing my, my physician's cap. This is not a medicine based episode, but I think that, I think that we can speak pretty confidently here on the effects of the food that we put into our body and, and what the ramifications of that are. What are some of your views and your understanding as far as why is vegan or plant based diet? Why is that necessary or beneficial? as opposed to a protein animal-based diet? So with that, my understanding and, and what really like drove the point home for me was just how the animals are treated, what is pumped into their bodies, because you are what you eat. So like if the animals are being given hormones, those hormones still are in the meat. And then that meat that you eat, you're getting everything that that animal ate as well or, or whatever is being put into their bodies. And a lot of times those things just don't break down well in the human body. We don't digest it well. It doesn't it, it just doesn't have any uh, benefit for us. It, it actually has negative impacts on our bodies. So it's a thing. We're shifting a perception. We're shifting what we've been taught, and that's going to be met with some resistance. I've got a couple of very close friends to me who I hate dearly because, you know, they, they bring up these these issues while I'm eating my favorite, you know, meats. And and they're there looking beautiful. You know, Mervin, I'm talking about you and, and, and TJ, I'm talking about you. You guys that look like you're still 18 years old and you want to talk to me about this swine while I'm enjoying myself. But you know, I think that the I think that the progression is pretty clear. If you want to eat meats or animal based diet, but you believe that there's a benefit to eating an organic based diet, then in some level, you're already admitting that you believe what the animal consumes affects you as you consume that. And so it's really not that far of a progression to kind of continue on to be concerned with what you're consuming and, and where it's come from. And so I really don't think that we should spend too much time on the argument of that. Really, what it comes down to, besides the initial kind of reflexive resistance like that, is taste. And you mentioned that earlier. You you, you really need to, as you're trying to persuade and encourage and and you know direct people, you need things to taste good, right? We'll we'll do a lot if it tastes right. <laughs> so so talk to me a little bit about that part of the journey as well. So, yeah. So when I come up with recipes, I uh, typically try to not reinvent the wheel per se, but I want to veganize recipes that I'm already used to eating and, and that I know my family and friends are used to eating. So, like, for example, I've got an example. Oh, go go for it. I've, I've got an example. See, because I <laughs> see I was on the Cotton Creations IG page and I was scrolling through and I, I'm going to share this with some of our non-black friends. I, don't get mad at me, black folks, but I'm going to share a little bit of black kryptonite. If you walk around with some Cheddar Bay biscuits from Red Lobster, you can get anything you want out of black folks. OK, I'm going to tell you that. But if you go to Cotton Creations IG, there's a recipe on there to replicate those Red Lobster biscuits in a vegan fashion. So that's an example, right? That's something that we, yeah. we would not compromise. We're not trying to play around with these biscuits, but you've gotten no. something that's, <laughs> that's going to get close to this black kryptonite. So we can have a little resistance if, in case the other folks come along with them. You understand? So Absolutely. talk to me about some of these things. This is a, this is an example where you said, look, the flavors, the taste, the texture is paramount. I'm, I'm not going to convince anybody to give up those, those red lobster biscuits unless 
I'm nailing it. So talk about maybe something like that. Thanks for that example, because like you said, we don't play around <laughs> when it comes to those Cheddar Bay biscuits, because if yes, they're not indeed. giving what they're supposed to give, I mean, people are not going to be convinced. So that's one example. We also, or excuse me, another is I love fried chicken. People from where I am from will tell you that all throughout high school, I'm going to tell you how much I love fried chicken. All throughout high school, I did not eat school lunch. My mom got up every morning and fried me fried chicken wings for my lunch. And that's what I took every See, that's that day. Eastern Shore. See, that's that Eastern right. Shore right there. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> so when I said I was going vegan, a lot of people were like, what? Like, we oh, that had to be a thought. major shock. Right. Yes. Because one of my nicknames was chicken wings. <laughs> yeah. A little chicken okay, wing yeah, running so, around running the vegan dining experience. Okay. Um. <laughs> Talking about the, the clients, the, the guests at the dining experiences, tell me about the makeup of those people. Are the majority of them already vegan? Are they not? Are they exploring? What's going who who's coming to these experiences? Okay, so yeah. So when it comes to our uh guests, believe it or not. We had 89% of our guests uh, in 2020 and 2021 were non-vegans, meaning they were something other than vegan. And that's my main target audience anyway, is people that aren't vegan. So I can like, you know, try to convince them to- Like, are they hate eating your food? Like, I don't want to like this. This is going to be terrible. Like, what's going on? I mean, <laughs> did, they, did, they, did their significant other bring them to the event? Like, what's happening? <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, there are some where it is couples and one of the uh, parties was interested and they're like, you know, come with me, try Mm -hmm, it out. mm -hmm. You know, we do have that happening. But then we also have like groups of friends that are getting together and like, you know, one is maybe pescatarian or vegetarian. They're like, hey, just come, you know, I do this with you. I want you to come with me to this type situation. So there, there is a lot of people that are bringing people along with them that are non-vegans. And in the dining experience, they learn a new term, which is called flexitarian, because I usually do roll call, like, where's all my meat eaters at? Okay. Uh, Where's all all my vegetarians, pescatarians? And I'm like, where's my vegans? And they're like, where's my flexitarians? And everybody's like, what's that? What is that? Yeah, what is that? (laughs) And so a flexitarian is someone who pretty much embraces all the diets throughout the week. So... On Monday, you might be eating meat, but by Thursday, you're pescatarian, only eating seafood that day. And then by Saturday, you're just fully vegan and just doing all plant-based and just doing some sort of rotation of that. And so then a whole bunch of hands start going up like, oh, that's me. I go in and out of the different diet. <laughs> so that's kind of our meatless Monday people and things like that. So I think you and I both agree that even if it's just one or two or three days a week, minding what you're eating and minimizing some of the things that might not be so good for you, that's that's better than nothing. And so, you know, it's a welcome change to your diet, a welcome flexibility for these flexitarians. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I was very fortunate and I want to thank you. I was a beneficiary to receive some of your vegan cornbread with candied pecans, what was it? Pecans. It depends on where you're at, right? Right. So, okay. Pecans, pecans, and honey butter. And very good. 
a bit on the, you know, there's varieties of cornbread. This was a bit on the sweeter type of the cornbread, but it was very enjoyable, delicious, easy to, to, to make. And that's available where for people to get besides your website? Where is that available? Yes. And that's available on my website. It's also available at walmart.com. And it's also available at Uplift This Marketplace, which is a local retail store that has, like I said, over uh, 80 Black-owned brands. No, Uplift Us Marketplace is in the uh, Culver City Mall, out Westfield Mall out in Culver City in, in, in L.A. area, right? Yes, that's correct. A couple of cities, uh, sisters over there. And you said maybe 80, 80 plus black owned brands that they're featuring in their store. So please get out there. If you're in that area, get on out there to Culver City and check out the Uplift Us Marketplace where uh, you can find a lot of great products, including the Cotton Creations products. Well, you know, it's, it's a fine time to talk about it. What is a ponytail sleeve? So a ponytail sleeve is a safer way to achieve what is called the extended ponytail, invisible ponytail, infinity ponytail. There's like several different names for it. But traditionally, to get that particular look, you take hair extensions and you glue them around your braided ponytail. Of course, whenever you add glue to your hair, you run the risk of, you know, hair loss, the glue getting stuck in your hair and things like that. And I won't mention what glue and hair situation happened not so long ago (laughs) that really showed, you know, the impacts of putting glue on your hair. But like glue on the hair is usually not the safest and the the best option. I'll leave it at that for that. So the pony, I developed the ponytail sleeve as a way to glue the hair extensions onto the ponytail sleeve. And then all you have to do is slide it onto your braid and secure it with the drawstring that it comes with. And that way, no glue ever touches your hair because you glue it onto the ponytail sleeve before you even put it on your hair. You're out of my league unless, you know, some of these guys, I guess I'm not going to name all the names, but some of these celebrities who have found uh, newfound male hair want to talk to me. I I don't know anything about glue and hair right now, but it's obviously, it's a major component for hair care. And that's something else you're doing. You talk about flexitarians and people who kind of have these varieties in their diet. As far as entrepreneurship goes, you're kind of an omnipreneur. I mean, you're not just in one space. We're, we've been talking about vegan food experiences and a vegan journey, and now we're talking about hair care. How is it that you come about this dynamic approach to all of the things that you have? You're very creative. You're very directed in what you're doing. How have you developed this mindset? How have you set yourself up in this way? And again, we talked about earlier looking into things that learning for yourself, researching, Googling, checking your resources. Where are you in this process and how did you come to, to this process of, of, of being so involved in so many different things and so many different talents? So like many of us, God has blessed us with multiple talents, multiple gifts. And I truly believe if God gave it to you, then use it. You know, it's not just for you to enjoy or get the benefits of, but a lot of times God gave us these gifts so that other people can benefit from them and it can help somebody else. And so I know at one point there was a school of thought of um, get laser focused and only focus on the one thing and that's it. And I'm not of that school of thought. 
I do think you, there needs to be a balance, of course. You can't be all over the place and trying to do 10,000 things. But I do think that there are some of us that have the capacity to focus on more than one thing at a time and be successful at it. And so for me, I was thinking, so the way that the ponytail sleeve was created or how I like even thought of it was because I was thinking of content for my YouTube channel. And I thought of this idea as like a DIY slash hair care option. And I kept hearing God tell me, no, it's bigger than that. And I just was like, well, what do you mean it's bigger than that? And he was like, I don't want you to just put this on your YouTube channel. And so I, you know, prayed about it and waited for more direction. And that's when God made it evident that this was a product idea, not just a YouTube give give this away for free idea. And so that's when I was like, okay, well, if it's a product idea and it's never, ever been done before, there's nothing on the market like it, I have to protect it. And so that's when I started going down the path of researching the patent process. And I was like, well, if we're going to move forward with this guy, like, I, I'm going to have to patent it. <laughs> I did a lot. When you talk about research, I did a lot of research on that. And I wrote my own patent. It took me several months because it is a long process. And so I made phone calls. I didn't know anybody other than the source itself, which is USPTO.gov. So they have programs. They have uh, pro bono lawyers that can help you through the process. And they also have their inventors, a line that you can call and get guidance. So I use all that to my advantage. I was calling those people all the time like, hey, can somebody look over this? Am I going in the right direction? Just because I, it was the first time I had ever wrote a patent or even went in that <laughs> that space. So um, like I said, there's resources out there. And if you're willing to research it, Google it, call these people, They somebody there will point you in the right direction. Unbelievable. Um, but you got to be willing to put in the work. Once again, not giving into that fear of I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to. So we're talking about hair care. We're talking about ponytail sleeves, something that sisters worldwide have thought about, have needed. But here you are in the process, being examined for the patent because no one else has done it. So once again, if it's for you from God, it is for you. It doesn't matter who you're talking to and sharing with. So a lot to unpack. Y'all thought she was just out here slinging vegan food and she's <laughs> out here with running these patents down. How many patents are you uh, currently working on? I'm working on one patent and I already have two trademarks for my company logo and for the name Ponytail Sleeve. So I own the trademarks for those. So y'all missed it. Too late. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Shanita, this is fantastic. Little chicken wing, you know, has come, <laughs> come a long way. Little chicken wing has come a long way to, okay. in the midst of doing, you know, your day to day, you've really chased down what was apparently a divine inspiration that really touched on things that were near and dear to you starting with your grandfather, starting with your your observations of our community and some of the health problems we've had, um, and you've broken off into a multifaceted business empire. Last thing I want to ask you, because we got, you know, this can go on forever. And, and that's my, my main problem here on Just Black Talking is that we talk to uh, people about their Black excellence and it goes on for a long period of time. 
you know, one of the things we're doing here is we're shifting perceptions in society. And when I talked with you about that before, you had a very unique response to that. And it was two pronged. Do you do you recall how you reacted when I asked you how you are shifting perceptions through your work? Do you remember any of that? Yeah. So like you said, it is two pronged. For me, I think the first prong of that is one, we have to shift perceptions about ourselves. Right. If we want to see the change in the world or in our community, we have to start within and make sure that we see ourselves as exceptional. And part of seeing ourselves and when I say ourselves, I mean, like specifically the black community, because there's lots of different things that tug at us and like try to pull us down and negative things in the world that are going on that need to be fixed so that we can live our best life, per se. Right. In the black community. But we also have to see ourselves as being exceptional. And part of seeing ourselves as being exceptional, we have to make sure that we are seeing our health as exceptional as well. Because a lot of times we're dying off sometimes sooner than we need to, or we are not being able to really experience the fullness of life because, you know, we have to stop and take medications or we're limited in some way because our health has deteriorated. And so with the vegan side of my company, you know, it's my goal to not only build generational wealth, but to build generational health. That will start to help us see ourselves as exceptional when we are coming from a healthy place from the inside out. And that will show. The other part of that is for non-Black communities. So I am using my platform and my company as a way, as an example, to show that we as a people, we are exceptional. Like, and I do that on intentionally on a daily basis. So when it comes to like my packaging, a lot of people are shocked, like, oh wow, this packaging looks great. Yeah, because I wanted to be that example to show the world that we have really great leaders within the Black community that are doing some exceptional things. My customer service, while we are not a huge team with huge budgets, we take customer service, professionalism, shipping times, fulfillment times, we take all that serious. I run it like I'm Amazon. You know, I make sure that packages get fulfilled quickly. I make sure that we are using uh, shipping partners and shipping services that can get customers, their packages quickly. Even though we are a large corporation in the making, I run it like this is a large corporation to show people that even though we're running on a small team, you can still expect greatness and excellence from a Black-owned company. Shanae, you, you, you bring up a few things. First of all, generational health. What a novel concept. And I, I just love that. I think that that's brilliant. And I can attest to the customer service. I spoke to you about a week ago or so. And while I was talking to you, I started getting pings and dings about my package being shipped to me. And, you know, I had my products from you quicker than I can even know what to do with it. And it was just (laughs) wonderful. So, you, you know, modeled after Amazon, but I'd say just as efficient, if not more. It was just wonderful experience. Thank you. And the product, of course, was wonderful. And I'll have some photos up of my vegan cornbread because, you know, I had to get in the kitchen. 
and get with it. And I enjoyed that very much. (laughs) I had to get that very much. That was right on time. Now, as I said, I'm just, look, I'm just riding through vegan town. So it's hard for me to know what to pair that up with, but maybe I'll try some of this cauliflower or or mushroom alternatives because it was hard for me not to pull out the old standbys (laughs) to go with it. I mean, you you know, throw it with some greens. I got a couple of mac and cheese recipes on my uh, YouTube channel. And let's check it out. And the channels you have on YouTube, it's Cotton Creations. On uh, Instagram, it's Cotton Creations IG. The web, it's CottonCreationsLLC.com. This is where we can find Cotton Creations by Shanee Cotton. You are a dynamo, my sister. I mean, it's really a pleasure to speak to you. You're an inspiration. You energize me. I mean, as you said, you're a go-getter. You're a perfectionist but in the most beautiful of ways where it doesn't limit you. You don't stop your vision because you don't have all the answers. You just try to make sure that the answers you you found and what you can can enact and act upon that you do to the best of your ability. And it is wonderful. I think we should all be looking out for cotton creations in the future. Do you have a grand vision? What's next? What's after this vegan dining experience? What do you have on tap? So we're going to continue to expand the vegan dining experience. So this year it's uh, 10 cities in the spring, summer, and then I'm going to circle back and hit five more cities later in the year with a holiday edition. And so that'd be 15 pop-ups. There's a vegan day, isn't there? There's like a national vegan day in the fall. That January is in January. So it's like a whole month of, yeah, vegan, veganism. So that, yeah, so a lot of people do meatless and uh, vegan January uh, a lot of times to kick off the year. Um, a great so resource for the holidays to come come to to find some ideas if you want to do it. It's possible and you do not have to sacrifice taste and, and enjoyment to eat in a vegan or plant-based way. You improve as well. I mean, you, you've now instituted taste tests and feedback from potential customers and, and, and general public in, in your testing process as well. Is that right? That's correct. So that's a part of, you know, just making sure the products are on point. Uh, once again, taking it a step further to make sure that we are doing due diligence just to the, the most excellent ability that we can. And so, you know, you've heard of other companies doing X, Y, and Z. And it's like, why not me? Why not incorporate some of those same best practices? So, yeah, I uh, for the pancake mix, I had a sign up form for our customers. So we selected 26 customers to taste test the uh, pancake and waffle mix ahead of launch and give us feedback. Spectacular. So as we mentioned, CottonCreationsLLC.com, also Walmart.com. You can find the products. And if you're in the Los Angeles area, go out to Culver City, Westfield Mall to the Uplift Us Marketplace that carries Cotton Creations and additional Black-owned products. Shanique Cotton, I think we covered quite a bit. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing with us. I hope that our listeners learned a lot. You shared so much with us from everything from your creative process to how you track down these things going into patents and trademarks and, you know, the development of the the product development stage of things. You are modeling after some of the most successful companies, and I have no doubt you will likewise be one of the most successful companies. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to share on your platform. And that's it, y'all. Just Black Talk and talking to another dope, Black, excellent example of what it is to be Black in America. Shanee Cotton, owner and CEO of Cotton Creations. 
If you know anyone that you think we should talk to, to magnify on this platform, please let us know. Just blacktalking.com on the Instagram. I appreciate you for listening. We'll check in with you next episode. Two weeks. Just that's all.